Hey, this is James Jeffries here, Impact Pro Wrestling Heavyweight Champion, and you're listening to Uncharted Territory. The best wrestling stories and wrestling news are on this podcast. Check us out, brother. Hello, America and all the ships at sea. It's Stu Lowry, your host for this episode 109 of Uncharted Territory. Delighted to have you folks here with us this evening or this afternoon or whenever you may be downloading and listening to this particular episode. Heck, it could be even when you're Christmas shopping by the time you get this episode. And if we're accompanying you on your Christmas shopping, then we're all delighted with that fact. Hope it's a great gift. I hope it's a fruitful outing. Tonight, we have a great show for you, a show that uh, I have looked forward to to and uh, with a lot of anticipation and not to spoil anything just yet as we have a lot of good topics to talk about tonight but we're going to be talking about something that is i'll just say non-canon and those are the types of things and projects that interest me the most uh, and this was one of the uh i guess forerunners of some of the uh non-canon stuff that is uh well all right it was in the early stages of uh, promoters kind of doing their own thing and we're looking forward to talking about this in great detail in just a bit. But with uh, before that, we, as usual, like to check in with our cast of characters here, which uh, if you are a loyal listener, you know and love, or maybe you just know. And we're going to go around and uh, get the weather from everybody. I guess I'll start things by saying here in Virginia, it was a delightful 51 degree day, a perfect day for late November in Virginia. Uh, tomorrow and the next day for Thanksgiving, they're going to be just as grand. In fact, it might even top 60, which is a tad bit warm for Virginia and Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving, but hey, we won't complain. It's been pretty cold for about the, a month or the last month. Sunny, not many clouds, just an absolutely perfect day in November in Virginia. Enjoyed it quite a bit. And as you'll hear from uh, some of our other cast members, uh, my, their weather might be a little different. So <laughs> let's go to our man in Gilbert, Iowa. Uh, Chad, how are things in Gilbert? Uh, it's actually warmed up quite a bit from last week when it was very cold and now it's about mid 40s and uh delightful weather looks like it's supposed to be about 47 on thanksgiving i might grill my turkey but i think i'm doing the electric roaster that's just so damn easy and, and i'm just being lazy in my old age so uh good time do we have time for a quick gilbert sports update absolutely all right, so I want to give a shout out to the Gilbert uh, girls wrestling team, which debuted last Saturday, and they, they did a great job. I think they had about five or six place winners. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not trying to be stupid. I don't know how many weight classes they have in girls wrestling in Iowa. If it's 14 like they do for the boys, my guess is probably not because I think they're more, well, I guess they're just more compact. There's fewer spaces. Corey looks like he might know the answer. Well, if I know there were some national ones set, and I'm assuming Iowa's following that too, and there are 14 
some are the same as the boys and then when they get into the upper weights they they're they shift a little bit but i believe it is 14 um i i could be off on that but yeah oh here we go here's 12 13 okay yeah looks like we got a couple different ones so and mm-hmm. yeah all right very good so thank you Corey. and then a little closer to my heart carter olson last night at his latest meet uh well friday night he had a meet he pinned a kid and then technical followed him and then uh then last night he beat his first opponent what did he do oh he pinned him he pinned him and then on the next match toughest match of the year they were scrambling early on the kid took carter down carter reversed it rolled them out rode him out second period the kid rode carter out which i'm not sure if that's happened to him before then the third period his coach said you can let him up give him the escape point it'll be three to two and then you got to take him down or you can ride him out and try to turn him carter says i'm gonna ride him out well he didn't turn him he rode him out though which means uh tied at the end of regulation and the kid almost escaped and carter shot in deep still had him in his clutches on a on a double leg and took him off the mat and they almost hit the announce table a little ecw drama going on there that was pretty good so then they go into overtime in about 39 seconds carter gets a takedown and wins in overtime the kid had a very intimidating mullet so i was proud of him i would have been scared of that mullet um Did, the, didn't this kid put put him in the hurt lock a couple times too no that was the first opponent oh that was the first opponent okay. the first opponent i'm you know i would be 99.9 percent sure this is his first first uh year wrestling so you know I'm, I'm glad he's out and trying it but uh he did on carter took him down and then the kid reversed him and when he was on top twice he put him in a full nelson which of course is illegal in any position but especially frowned on when you're in the down referees position so then carter reversed him and pinned him so yeah carter got two points on um full nelson penalties and i'm like oh well if he keeps doing that he's just gonna get disqualified sooner or later so i don't really give a shit if he's doing it he wasn't like hurting him or anything. he didn't like ken patera him or anything so yeah exciting night last night and some of his friends who maybe hadn't had any victories yet this season or had limited success one of them got a couple pins. Um, the other one, I think, got his first pin ever in wrestling. I think it's his first year going out. So uh, hats off to the Gilbert Middle School wrestling team. But Carter is now 10-0 heading into Thanksgiving break. Very proud of report. Who was the wrestler on uh, Vision Quest? The guy he was trying to beat? Shoot. 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 There you go. There you go. Yeah. Totally, totally forgot. He had a mohawk, but that does, you he know, did. that, that, you know, intimidating hair in wrestling can go a long way. <laughs> he was an intimidating fellow. He was. He was. Uh, well, thank you for that, Chad. Let's go to uh, the most interesting weather in the world, and that would be Buffalo, New York. Tim, how are you this evening? I'm glad to see you have power. We're, we're doing well. So never lost power. Uh, so everything, everything here is good. Today we were in the low 40s, uh, very sunny. So we got, you know, like maybe a quarter of an inch of snow melt from the uh, from the snowstorm, the the lake effect storm that has hit and, and devastated Buffalo. Um, everything's pretty much back up and running. I mean, there's still some closings here and there, school closings and some things like that. But for the most part, everything's running. I think uh, I think the maximum we had there was about six and a half feet down by the stadium, uh, the football stadium in Orchard Park. I think here we had about four feet, so it's uh, it's still a lot of freaking snow, um, but but everything's good and uh, everything's going well. 
uh, just to give listeners some perspective, would cripple Virginia for about a month. So I am amazed that Buffalo is back up and running. Hats off to Buffalo. Corey, how is Minnesota? Minnesota, not as much snow as Buffalo. Uh, last week, we got uh, about, about three days in a row of snow, you know, off and on, light snow. Um, didn't accumulate to too much, but just, you know, uh, the first big snow of the year. And uh, then, you know, weekend warmed up, uh, got into about the high 30s, low 40s, and it's kind of stayed that way as far as tonight as far when we record on Tuesday. Uh, so I'll take it for November. It's beautiful, a uh, little, little chilly, but could be much worse. And I, I'm very happy with it. Uh, you know, while we're giving some sports reports, uh, uh, our high school wrestling season in Minnesota officially started on Monday, yesterday. Uh, so we had our first practice. Our school for the first time is also having uh, girls wrestle. Uh, we've never had girls wrestle. So this is our first time. We've got five girls registered and, and wrestling, and they're doing a great job after just two practices. Uh, my oldest son is also wrestling on the high school team. He's a seventh grader, but Minnesota allows seventh and eighth graders to do high school sports. And so he's doing that. And this is his very first year of wrestling. So we'll see how that goes. He's very excited to do it. And uh, yeah, it's good to, good to be back in the wrestling room and on the mats. Well, our first topic in our what's new topic or our what's new section, I should say, uh, we've got a lot of things there. Corey, did you have something? Chad's waving at you. I, Can you not see me? What the I, hell? Admit, I had minimized things for a second. Oh my, my God. My apologies, I just, Chad. I just ahead. wanted to let you know that if you are a fan of shoot from vision quest you can get memorabilia at shootshirts.com where they have a picture of him carrying the tree up the stadium up stairs the steps. yeah um and then they have one of it's like a lego inspired one for children with him carrying the log and think you'll make the weight which i really don't i don't know i don't like to encourage weight cutting in children and then they have one with one a picture of him on it and it just says the mat monster and if you buy two shirts, you get an autographed photo for free. Holy smith. And what other dramatic roles was shoot in? Does it list those perhaps? That's it. That's he it. Was, That's all he was, shoot did. He was a pre-med student and he had wrestled and um, they were- Matthew Modine knew him? <laughs> no, they were looking, they filmed this up in Washington and they were looking for a six foot muscular guy to play a wrestler. I mean, cause here's the thing. Here, hold on. We're going to do a little screen share here. Sweet. Now, there is no way in God's green earth that these two guys are in the same freaking weight class. <laughs> that, that is the Agreed. one. That is the, that is the biggest flaw in the whole movie is yep. that there is no way in hell <laughs> these guys are in the same weight class. I love, I love Vision Quest, but yes, that's always been the flaw. Because Matthew Modine cuts from 190 to 168 or whatever. Drops get like down 20. to it. That's right. right. Yes. He yes. should have bulked up to get 215 with this monster. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, but no, he, he was a pre-med student and he auditioned for the part and it was him and a Hollywood guy and he won. That's all he was cool. ever Is that the single greatest that. amateur wrestling movie ever made? Because I can't think of another one unless, mm. did all the right moves, did Tom Cruise do any wrestling on that? Or is that all football? I don't I think remember. it was all football. There was yeah. one with, I, I want to say it was Lorenzo Lamas mm. and Maureen McCormick. Yep. Yeah. This oh is boy. ringing the true. Brady Bunch, but yep. I don't remember the name of it. Hold on. We're Googling. We're absolutely Googling that one. <laughs> right now, we're looking here. Great amateur. We have wrestling. A Lorenzo Lamas all the marbles. Okay. Well, okay. This has, 
freaking okay it has natural libre in there too. yeah that 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 is yeah. not an yeah. amateur okay here we go here we go five amateur wrestling movies of all time we have win-win from 2011 yes, that's a good one don't remember that. that it's Wait. it uh, okay go ahead no 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 go ahead we'll we'll if we yeah. know anything we'll talk about it. i'll say you know to call that an amateur wrestling movie amateur wrestling is just a part of the overall plot of that but it is a it is a funny movie and as a coach there's i, I see a lot of uh, a lot of things ring true to me so oh, okay I'm that's saying. number five okay, okay. That, yeah okay. i would agree with that so then we have number 10 oh legendary john cena i've seen that Connor and i watched that when he was a young lad mm-hmm. all right that's from 2010 um i can't say it was a fantastic reversal 2001 uh, is that, <laughs> was that straight know. to video uh, probably <laughs> Um, so then we have that was straight to Peacock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Takedowns and Falls from 2010. This is but this is a wow. documentary released like a motion. Uh, who knows? Number one, Vision Quest. Yes. Yeah, so, it's yeah, gotta yeah. be Vision Quest. It's gotta yeah. be Vision Quest. I mean, Fox right. Catcher is a good movie, but it's kind of oh. it's obviously depressing. So it's that's, sad. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that would it's be a, horribly sad. It's a well-made scary. movie, but yeah, it's depressing. And terrifying, yes. Yeah, yeah. Did I ever tell you about how after that came out, they did an interview uh, with a uh, former Iowa State coach and uh, wrestler and Olympian and all-around good guy, Kevin Jackson, and how he mm. was out there? And Kevin Jackson is oh, black. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Cuckoo McShitface, um, you know, decided that uh thank you Mm -hmm. um he didn't like black things oh my yeah he didn't like the color black so kevin jackson's like i'm getting f out of here because this guy who's running around with a gun all the time i think kevin was smart yeah 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 and by the way the the movie was takedown with lorenzo lamas and maureen mccormick yes it didn't crack the top five (laughs) that's that's unbelievable anything with maureen mccormick should be in somebody's or lorenzo lamas or lorenzo Lamas. put them together by god it's like two worlds colliding Mm -hmm. like december 20th 1979 (laughs) no not 1979 december 20th 2022 when we have the legends year interview yeah marvel team up oh stephen first is in it edward herman there's a lot of good people in there peewee herman a veritable cast Not of greats no peewee herman well technically uh mario lopez would wrestle on some episodes of saved by the bell so if you want to count that <laughs> well, not, not ex- yeah uh, go ahead i'm sorry yeah, yeah it could be up there and he was he was legitimately winning state titles at that point yeah, yes he was a, a real amateur wrestler yeah. well so. he won eighth place he didn't win oh he, he wasn't didn't... a champ okay he got he got eighth place or sixth oh, place okay. in. I learned about this when I went to the uh, National Wrestling Hall of Fame in Stillwater recently. As they were giving me the tour, they showed me because they just inducted uh, Slater mm-hmm. uh, last year into one of their. They gave him one of their awards for being an all around good guy who promotes wrestling. And How about they, Screech? Uh, Screech? No, I. Well, he's dead. He is. <laughs> also, didn't win any championships. Also, was a druggie and I think not a good person. So no. Okay. Well, Boy, him. way to bring this one to a screeching halt, Stuart. Uh, <laughs> bada bing. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get back on track here. Although that was a lovely little segment or a lovely little tangent we went on. I think so. Uh, our first uh, what's new announcement. And like I said, we've had several. Uh, Tony Gurria, Gurria was announced for the Legends of Wrestling uh, game line, which I think is a fantastic announcement. And certainly, if you're in the mood to create some tag teams, he's going to 
fit that bill. So uh, reactions on Sertoni uh, being named into the game. Tim, do you have any thoughts on him? Yeah, I, I, I think he's a great guy. I mean, I've, I've met him, talked to him at uh, both uh, Cauliflower Alley and at the uh, Hall of Fame. I'm actually the one that approached him about signing for the game. And so showed him some of the cards and he was, he seemed like he was just on board as soon as I, I started talking about it. So um, super nice guy. And uh, I'm thrilled to have him in the game. I think he could probably fit into your tag team division just about anywhere with anybody. You're absolutely right. There's a lot of versatility coming from, from Tony. So that, I think that's a great sign. And Corey, any thoughts on Mr. Gurria? Uh, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm really excited about this. We've had him signed for a few years now. I was present when Tim signed him in Waterloo and actually gave, gave Tim an assist as Tim was just explaining the game you know, and then the, the mechanics and everything, I pulled out some cards <laughs> and handed them to Tim and just said, you know, take these. And, and uh, we had Bruiser Brody's card since Barbara Goodish was present and a couple of the other hall of fame members. Um, and yeah, and Mr. Greer was very, uh, very kind and very willing to sign. So that was awesome. Yeah. We've, we've had him, had him sign for a few years now and uh, really excited. Tim did a great job on the stats and like Stu mentioned, very versatile in tag teams. Um, and his card will reflect that he's going to have some, some uh, some fun mechanics, I'll say. And he still has some great hair on him. Let me tell yes, you. Yes, he does. Yes, he, he does. does. He does. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! And just seemed like a really cool guy. Chad, any thoughts on Tony? And he is a great guy. And uh, we uh, we we missed him in Mercy Darusha, his his companion this year at the the CAC and at and at the Hall of Fame. They weren't at either, were they, Timmy? Yeah, that's too bad. So. Hopefully we can meet up with them next year and, uh, you know, at, at the TNT Hall of Fame where you can get your cards autographed if you are into autographed cards. And Tim has done a fantastic job with the stats. And I just need to share with you all a little bit of excitement. Corey, you can post this. Take down the entire movie's <laughs> YouTube. For free? <laughs> Not on streaming anywhere, but no, it's, yeah, I, I'm going to try to burn this sucker before it goes away. So. Group watch on takedown coming up. Oh my god! <laughs> How about a double feature of takedown and grunt? And oh, grunt. I was just going to say that. Fabulous. That would be both ends of the spectrum: greatest oh. amateur wrestling movie and greatest pro wrestling movie. Mm-hmm. I just can only imagine. Yeah, I think uh, Tim did a a, uh, a wonderful and innovative job with Tony Tony Gray's card, and I think uh, promoters are going to be thrilled when they see that. And that's all I'll say. So way to go, Stu, in building anticipation. But uh, I, I think it's just going to be a real uh, cool card to have. And like like we have said, he fits in with several different tag teams and uh, I think will be a lot of fun to use. I think he's a great addition to the game. Next announcement is not new to the game, but the card, I believe, had gone out of print. So we are doing another special edition of One King Kong Bundy. And with a kind of a different pose for some of our cards, this is an action pose in the ring pose. Uh, Mr. Bundy asking for his five count. And I, I think the art was pretty creative and different. And I like it. I like the, uh, the whole vision for the card. Chad, any thoughts on King Kong Bundy? We've certainly shared a fair amount on him over the time together. Edition and, you know, whether or not you like those or not, it's not really a consequence, but we reprinted them for the masses so everybody can be happy now. And I do like that action shot we did. And um, I, th- I think people will be happy to have him. And he, he kind of fits in with, kind of fits in with the, the area that we're, we're putting out in this 
within this set. I agree. Corey, any thoughts on King Kong Bundy? Yeah, you know, I hadn't really realized till a few months ago that that uh, original card, I think that was a Galacticon release, if I remember correctly, or I should say his original color card was a Galacticon release, and I didn't realize that that was a limited printing and was out of print, or, you know, it sold out, so... Um, you know, Mike informed us we were going to do this, this special edition version makes sense with the, the theme of the, the expansion set. And I, I did uh, most of the work on this card. And uh, I think I did his last color card too. And, um, you know, not a lot of change move wise, King Kong Bundy is King Kong Bundy. And, uh, and it'll be there'll be a few, there'll be a few changes. And uh, I don't want to give too much away right now. But um, I really like the idea too of the the five count pose just for something different. You know, a lot of our legends artwork is just kind of the, the typical pose and which I think most of those are great, but I think it was kind of fun to do, do something different. Um, especially if you do own the original color card and you're getting this one as well. Um, nice to have a different uh, vantage point for Mr. Bundy. And correct me if I'm wrong guys, cause my memory gets faulty the older I get. Uh, was King Kong Bundy the second or third Legends card ever made? Second, second uh, mm -hmm. behind Valentine? Yep, he was yeah. technically, I think the first to have the Legends of Wrestling title because Greg Valentine was part of the, the GWF sets, but okay. um, but second real life wrestler uh, to be, be in the game. And then he was also, so is, was it Avalanche in the GWF? Right? Correct, correct. That's correct. So that's pretty cool. Claim to fame. Tim, any thoughts on King Kong Bundy? I just think it's good. I didn't realize that the, the first card was, uh, you know, out of print either. And so I think it's nice that we're just, you know, kind of redoing it and, uh, and giving everybody a chance to get at it that didn't have a chance the first time around. And I like the pose as well. I think it's, you know, kind of, kind of cool every now and then to do, uh, do something a little bit different than the standard poses. I agree. I think that makes that card just a novel card to have and one collectors will certainly want. Next up, we have a guy that I'm actually a little more interested in as a wrestler than as a manager, although he is much better known as being a manager, the golden boy, Arnold Skolan. Ar Arnold uh, comes to us certainly best known for managing Bob Backlund, but he was a wrestler as well. And I think it's a pretty cool addition. He can fill in some undercard positions for you uh, if you want to use him that way. And also, you can obviously manage Bob Backlund uh, and uh, makes a great addition to the game. Heck, you can even team him with Bob Backlund if you want to. So uh, let's just get some general thoughts on Mr. Skolan. Uh, Tim, we'll start with you since you were last last time. Uh, I, I, I like I like having Arnold. It's a unique guy to have. It's uh, a tough wrestling card to stat. Uh, you know, thanks to Chad for for taking the uh, the 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 hit on that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I'm more familiar with him as a wrestler or as a manager, I should say. Um, you know, as, as for both Bruno and for for Backlund. So um, th thrilled to have him in. I mean, I think we're going to come up with some interesting kind of uh, things for the the manager side uh, as well. So we'll see how it goes. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. Corey, any thoughts on Mr. Skolan? Well, first, before I forget, I, we have to give credit to promoter John Rodeo, who put us in touch uh, with the Skolan family. It was Arnold's son and then the granddaughter actually signed uh, for him. Uh, so thanks, big thanks to John Rodeo for putting that together. Um, uh, appreciate his, uh, his looking and uh, I think they, I think he found the family on Facebook, I believe is what, what happened. And so thanks John for that connection. Um, we, we knew a few months ago, we'd be doing this Northeast theme and 
as soon as we got Arnold signed, I put the word out that, yeah, that would make, he'd make a great card for the game as whether special edition or part of the main set. So yeah, that just really worked out well. And um, yeah, I think this will be a, a, a fun card to have historically, as far as the connection to Bob Backlund, obviously he managed other champions, but uh, as far as who's in the game, um, Backlund is his most uh, obvious uh, connection. Uh, so yeah, if you want to do that, you're certainly welcome to, or you can use him as a wrestler. And as Tim mentioned too, we'll be uh, putting in some unique uh, manager features for him. Thank you, Corey. Chad, any thoughts on Arnold? Attrition, what are we talking about? Um, How is, is shoot still stacked? I mean, is he oh still my God. I mean, I don't, I don't, I mean, he's got a lot going on here. It's pretty cool. So anyways, uh, no, I, I think it's awesome. We have Ron, Ron, Arnold Skoland. I started to say Ron Scholar, the AAA promoter. Don't laugh at me, you jerk butts. Um, Has anybody signed Ron Ron Scoland? I mean, we, no, could, we could try to go after him. If <laughs> no, 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 no. That's on the download. That's with our Sam oh, Luchnick promoter two-pack. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's great to have um, Arnold Scoland. And um, we'll, we'll be honest right here. There's not going to be a freaking towel mechanic. Okay, that, that was a one-off. You can you can improvise that like we talked about on last week's episode from River Rumble, not River City Rumble. I don't care how many times you say it, Corey. It's not River City. No, I was listening to it today. And I'm like, I'm oh, sad. Somebody said River City Rumble. I did. Well, somebody <laughs> said it and then got me saying it, but it wasn't. <laughs> so anyways, um, I, I, I'm glad issue. we have them. I'm glad we have them. And I think people will enjoy the card and some of the mechanics. I agree. I think it's a great addition. Peace out indeed. Next announcement, and again, we had a slew of announcements in the last week or so, is Eric Young on the independent scene. Uh, I have heard the name, but I don't profess to know much about Mr. Young, uh, so I'll have to lean on you guys if you know anything about Eric. And Corey is raising his hand, so please save me, Corey. <laughs> well, no, I've, I mean, I remember Eric very well from TNA, and then, you know, he did have some time in NXT, WWE. Uh, I'm a huge Eric Young fan. He's so versatile. He can, you know, play kind of a serious role, a great worker, but obviously he's known for a lot of comedy too. Um, you know, just, just very versatile in the ring. Uh, so credit to Zeke for this. Uh, Zeke signed him at a show a few months ago. He texted, chatted me uh, when he got him signed. And I was really excited about this signing. Now I wasn't on the game night. Is this, is this kind of an individual special edition card? Is that the plan? Yes. Okay. It, okay. It's like the uh, James Storm. Yeah. Okay matt cardona mm -hmm. type card gotcha okay all right and i think that that makes sense you know eric's a guy that kind of kind of crosses over into legends and indies a little bit so uh i'm i'm really excited to get the card i i this is a guy i could definitely see using in my my future ipw yeah uh, you heard it here first mm -hmm. Boy, can't wait to see that mm -hmm. tim any uh thoughts knowledge or insight on eric Yell? oh shit shockingly I, I finally heard of one of the indie releases so uh but i i, I used to uh i used to watch him on tna a lot uh when i was following tna i thought he was a good talent uh, i'm glad he's in the game i think he'll make a good addition you know like Corey said he can he can do the serious stuff he could do the comedy stuff uh i think you'll be able to find a spot for him somewhere in your feds good information good insight chad any thoughts on eric young I, yeah, he, he is a name that's, you know, familiar to a lot of folks from his time in, in TNA and NXT. And I think he will, you know, he's kind of a versatile guy that you can uh, put in there and you can get the shoot shirt in red, black, or gray. I'm just, I'm looking at this gallery of shirts and I just think, and somebody's made a, a, a Lego recreation of him climbing the steps with a little Lego log. 
<laughs> I want shoot updates for the entire episode. <laughs> well, shoot, I'll try. <laughs> thank, you, thank you very, very much. Uh, that was well said. That's a shoot. Yeah, it is. Take it to the bank. Mofo. Yeah, there we go. Next up at the uh, Filsinger Games Fun Night, it was formally announced. Uh, in fact, uh, it was formally announced by Todd Jorschel that the upcoming Galacticon, this is almost getting as big as the Super Bowl announcements. Like whatever town gets this, this is huge news. It is. It is. It's a revenue driver. It's an economic blockbuster. Completely, completely in that, in that same vein. Yeah. It was announced that uh, Galacticon will be at, uh, held in conjunction with the Hall of Fame weekend at Waterloo, Iowa, which is a fantastic news and a great announcement. And uh, just go around the room for some thoughts on that. Chad, how about you, sir? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, when you speak to being a, a huge event, um, you may not know this, but in uh, Cedar Falls, Waterloo, they have the Purple Coats, their Visitor and Convention Bureau, and they were actually uh, simulcasting in and I saw a clip when they it is announced that it is coming to Waterloo, Iowa. Babies were thrown in the air. It was amazing the amount of babies being thrown. So Troy and I have worked with Todd, Mike, uh, Troy Peterson, and I, um, and we've secured uh, a great room at the Waterloo Convention Center. I know I saw a picture where somebody said, "Oh, we were shoved in a corner at this place." Uh, I mean, you're going to have like you're going to have a banquet room um there's going to be a lot of cool stuff going on um you know to be honest i'm kind of sad galacticon's at the hall of fame because i'm so freaking busy with the hall of fame i'm not going to be able to take in anything so i will you know if i say hey how you doing walk really fast past you don't take offense um but i think it's a great opportunity of fans who maybe wanted to visit the hall of fame before to to give it a try and, and check it out so we're rolling out the red carpet for the Galacticons and, you know, Todd has all the information too, but you know, you can certainly buy a Galacticon ticket and just go to Galacticon. No one's forced to go to the hall of fame. Um, if you want to go to the hall of fame, we'd love to have you there, but if that's not your thing, that's cool too. So, um, you know, we went over the, the schedule a lot about how we can bend the hall of fame schedule around Galacticon, not vice versa. And I think we're going to have a, a great event and, I'm looking forward to it. So um, I know there's been some concern, but as I always say, just be cool. Thank you, Chad. Appreciate that. Tim, any thoughts on this announcement? I think it's, you know, a, a great thing. Um, I, I think it's good because a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I want to, I, I pick, I want to pick one or the other because it's right around the same time. And so, you know, I, I have to make a choice. Now you don't have to make a choice. You can come to both. And uh, like Chad said, I'm sure that uh, that he and Troy and the, and the folks uh, at the museum, along with you know Todd and Mike and whoever else is involved on the Phil Singer game side, are going to make sure there's enough time to do everything you want to do on either side. Um, you know, if you just want to do the Hall of Fame stuff, you could do the Hall of Fame stuff. If you just want, just want to do Galacticon, you could do Galacticon and you could also do a little bit of both. Um, I'm, I'm, I think it's a great idea. I'm, I'm really glad this got put together. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it out there. I think uh, I think it's a good mix. We'll uh, we'll see how it goes. I think it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, I think it's really cool. You know, when when Todd came out uh, to Waterloo for the first time this past this past summer, 
Um, he mentioned it as a possibility of doing the two together. And I kind of thought, oh, you know, we'll see if it happens. Not that I thought he was lying, but just, you know, it just seemed I didn't know how that would all work. And, and so it's great to hear that Chad, Troy and Mike and Todd and everybody have, you know, kind of figured out a good schedule. And then, so that'll be really cool. You know, with the last two years of Waterloo, we've had a, such a good representation of Phil Singer Games promoters. Makes sense to do it just, you know, one time together. And, uh, you know, it's not, it's not going to be that way every year. We're not moving it all to Waterloo. You know, I kind of like that Galacticon has been at different places, you know, try to get different regions of the U.S. And, uh, you know, not everybody lives on the East Coast. So it's a good, it's a good balance to kind of mix it up a little bit. And, and as but, has but been the enough- important people live on the East Coast. So that's, you know, mm-hmm. Thank you, Tim. I, 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 I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I uh, know it's, it's, uh, um, it's just good to get, get some different places. And uh, I think that's a cool idea. So yeah, looking forward to uh, being in Waterloo for two big events. I, I think it's awesome. I think it's a novel approach and for, to alleviate concerns, there will be plenty of, well, Chad's already said it, they're bending the schedule around Galacticon, but even without that said, there'll be plenty of downtime to celebrate all things Filsinger game. And uh, you can do whatever you wish while being at this at this dual conference or dual event. I think it's a, a great idea. Stu, will yes, you sir. be there? I am going to do my darndest, and I am intending to be there. You got Stu, it. you're going to be there. I'm working on it. Bring bring Carrie. She can hang out with Emily. They'll have a grand old time. That's there the you plan. go. It'll be awesome. With Stu, I eggnog. told you. I told you I'll buy, I'll buy you shots of eggnog. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Speaking of eggnog, shoot. Do we have a shoot update? <laughs> shoot like eggnog. No, I don't know. I just gonna do something else. But go ahead. It's high in protein. So, you know, I have a special surprise, and I'm so excited about it. I want to start it now. It's a little bit further down the run sheet, but you know, I have friends, my good friends Stu and Tim. He's always talked about how delicious eggnog is and i'm very anti-eggnog because i don't like eggs but they've encouraged me and said it doesn't taste like eggs i'm like okay i'm willing because my friends enjoy it i'm gonna try it so i'm gonna go get my eggnog out of the fridge because i didn't want to have it sitting here curdle for 40 minutes while we were talking the show up and I'm going to go get my egg hog and we're going to have a live tasting here because I trust my friend's opinion and I'm willing to try something different that might be a little bit out of my comfort zone. So I'll be right well, back. Welcome to the last episode of Uncharted Territory. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> no, no. I have the Southern Comfort Eggnog as recommended by Timmer. And I said, what do you mix in it? He goes, the recipe's on the side. So he looked and said, one quart of eggnog. And one cup of Southern Comfort. But at first I thought it said one cup of eggnog and one cup of one, Southern Comfort. One, I'm like, that, would be, that, that would be a better mix. <laughs> Holy hell. gallon of Southern Comfort. So I'm putting a shot of Southern Comfort into my eggnog. Just a skosh. Just, just a tittle. A smidgen. And even if I don't like the give eggnog. Give it a good stir. I do. I got do a stir. Do you have any nutmeg there? Do you have any nutmeg? I don't have any nutmeg like, uh, in my fucking office. I got some upstairs, but hold on. In your spice cabinet? Yeah. Now, Emily did try some of this earlier, and she said it was good. It was a little, had a little spice to it. Yep. So I'm going to try this, and we're going to see what happens. Here we go. And if and if I, you I, spit all over the screen, just make nope, sure to nope. clean it off. I, I have so a garbage can right here in case I have to <laughs> varmint or anything. 
we, we did before we started recording fans we were worried someone would vomit tonight <laughs> all right here you go well, i can smell the southern it. comfort here, yeah well it's got, a, it's got a good bouquet good mm-hmm. stir Stuart, yes that is delicious wow i tried something new and i like it and it just goes to show friends if you have trepidation if you're nervous if you're a little negative or on the edge about something maybe just listen to your friends sometimes and let's say your friends are saying hey try this fucking heroin or meth don't do it get new friends If your friends are telling you to take heroin or meth, get new friends. Those Those are the wrong friends. Hey, try eggnog. Or hey, I enjoyed my trip to XYZ. Maybe you would. Life is about having adventures and trying new things. But you know what? I also did mix up. I had pre-prepared in case I didn't like this. Uh, old fashioned, so depending nice. on how long the show goes, I might be two fist in here. Wait, you were hedging fans. your bets, <laughs> oh, fans. This is awesome. Chad actually had the drink already made, he held it Good. up to the camera. Yeah, yeah I, just got, awesome. I just got to add my old fashioned in here. I bought, yep. I, I, I uh, did, I muddled my cherries in orange and I put ice in, and then I got my orange, which is now frozen because it did frozen in the freezer, so my ice didn't melt. Mm-hmm. So this will thaw, and then I can rim my glass with my orange, and I got. Two green olives. Ugh. Oh, stop it. You know, Connor you. was telling me he went out um, Friday night after work with some of his coworkers, and one is from Wisconsin. And she goes, God, the people around here don't put Southern comfort in their old fashions. I don't know what they're saying. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. When you when you guys come out here, we have to take a detour to Madison, Wisconsin. So we'll, put it, we'll either put it on the front or the bumper of this thing. Because there's a bar up there called the Old Fashioned that has 15 kinds of old fashions. Ooh, yum, yum. I'd go there. And rum. I would, I would. And Shad, seeing that you tried the eggnog, I will, I will make an attempt and try the old fashioned with the olives. Yay. Not on the air, but at, at, at the, I'll uh, buy you one. I'll buy you one. Uh, If you'll buy me one, that'll be good. If you buy us both an old fashioned. You know, I might just make them because sometimes the people, like one time somebody asked me if I wanted the olives muddled. I'm like, no, that's disgusting. What the hell's wrong? Yeah. Like making a freaking salad in my damn freaking nah. Like some antipasto in my that shoot never muddled his olives. No. Uh, shoot just fucking his olives are the size of cantaloupes. Shoot ate them. Yeah. Oh. That's all good right. stuff. That it is good stuff. Now I have an addiction. Great. Now I all I need is more carbs in my life. Thanks to you're absolutely welcome. You haven't been fibbing all this time. Mm. All right. Next up, uh, in terms of what's new, it's certainly new. And if 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 my wife and I go deaf, it will be because of this band. We saw them in Charlottesville not too awful long ago, and it was the loudest concert I have ever seen in my life. But the Black Crows had a uh, a brawl, and I guess I have not seen the video, Chad. Have you seen it? The somebody oh, yes. tries to storm the stage. And yeah. Oh yeah, back. I got it here. I got All a right. thirty-eight second clip. I'm going to put it in the chat. We can have a we'll have a group watch of this quick. There's a shorter clip where it says. <laughs> black crows fuck a motherfucker up or something <laughs> but this is better because on that one even though it's 17 seconds there's a guy waving his arms you can't see everything so everybody grab that out of the chat and then we'll let Corey, the countdown master this took place in melbourne australia okay i think they're just thankful a kangaroo didn't come on stage because kangaroos are known to kick people my god this egg nice delicious Become an addict. It is good stuff. El Costello would have killed him. Mm-hmm. He would have. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Turn the volume I'm, down. I'm just... ready to roll. Okay. I'm I'm there. We need a countdown though. So fans, if you want to watch, this is uh, Black Crows Melbourne 2022 Fan Rushes stage posted by Bodie B O D H. Not Sin Bodie. Not I mean, Sin Corey, Bodie. You, the you could you could put it in the in the show notes too. Show right? notes. All the other clips. Or I could. Or you could just link the video. Mm-hmm. I could. Yeah, that's what I meant. And okay. takedown. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So we're going to start off on three, two, one. Three, two, one, play. So Chris Robinson's clapping away. Everybody's happy. Is. I mean, this is staring ha- cold. Yeah. It's a great song. There, okay. See, uh, goofball is jumping. There he is. There, there he is. Folks, him with the microphone stand. <laughs> nice. Oh, wait. Wait for wait for Brother Rich. Oh, oh that's oh. The that's him with the guitar. It's like a Jeff Jarrett. Oh, yeah, it was a poke. It wasn't like a, I mean, it would have been better if he broke it over his head. I- Fans, at this point in our show, we had a technical difficulty with Chad's connection and our recording stopped. So we weren't able to finish the group watch of the Black Crows brawl, but you can enjoy it on your own. Now back to the show. Well, that was excellent. Uh, I highly encourage promoters to check that out because there was some good good self-defense there by the Robinson brothers. Yeah. They poked that guy pretty good. (laughs) I like how he took a swipe with the mic stand. The mic stand Mm -hmm. and the guitar. Yeah, Yeah, that was awesome. Got him off the stage. You know who they need as a bodyguard? Shoot. Who's that? Shoot. Shoot would make an excellent bodyguard for the Brothers Robinson and the band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the band, the band? The, sure. <laughs> the last waltz. All right. So our final bit of new stuff. This is probably going on record as our longest what's new segment of all time. Uh, we got a little bit of audio from Grant Pachoco, which is some follow-up on not the River City Rumble, but the River Rumble. So, Corey, if you'll uh, go ahead and cue that up and play it, we'll take a listen. Hey, this is Grant. I wanted to answer the question as to why I switched rooms so many times at the Quality Inn. When I got up to the room and I saw the toilet disaster and I decided, well, I'm not staying in this room, I went downstairs to the front desk. The woman was very apologetic. She was like, I am so sorry. I apologize. Uh, Let me get you a new room. She gave me the key to the new room. And then she said, before you go into this new room, I'm going to go up there and I'm going to make sure it's okay. And I said, okay, great. So I went back, we were playing matches, we were rolling out matches. About 30 minutes later, she comes into the room where the where River Rumble was happening, and she uh, calls me aside and she goes, I went up into that room, here's keys to a new room. Do not go into that other room that I just gave you the keys for. Go into this room, this is your new room. And in that moment, I decided I would not be staying at this hotel. Uh, and then the only other question I wanted to answer is the name of the place, the sports bar we went to Saturday night was Legends, which I thought was uh, rather fitting. So there you go. I will talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye. Thank you, Grant, for that. Appreciate your feedback on the River Rumble. Are we ever going to come to agreement that it's River Rumble? Or it's River, River Rumble. Right. I think I think we've got trouble right here in River City. Yeah, I think yeah. we do. But next year we'll have River Rumble in Dubuque, Iowa, at a lovely facility. And for the wives, we will have Clash of the Crafts. We've already got a plan planned out. It's going to be fabulous. Excellent. And Grant, thanks again so much for making that wonderful championship wrestling set. That's a really well done set, and love having uh, Austin Pierce's card. Thank you for your contribution, Adam Pierce. Too. Adam, not Austin Pierce. Adam Pierce. Adam Pierce, thank you for your contributions on that too, Corey. 
Is he related to Roy Skoland? <laughs> They're brothers. That's Arnold's nephew. <laughs> what are you talking about, Stuart? <laughs> All right. Tonight's main event <clears throat> is a discussion of, well, I said it's one of the first, maybe, <clears throat> maybe not the first, but certainly one of the, in the first wave of promoter feds that uh, did not feature Canon stuff in terms of being uh, bootleg and uh, bootleg, I won't call it bootleg centric, but it featured bootlegs and some Champions of the Galaxy characters that weren't or weren't currently being featured in the GWF at the time had been uh, featured endeavored, so to speak, and are removed from the GWF storyline at that time. And uh, Chad Olson and I believe Tim Dalton, you were involved in this as well, uh, created the Combat Wrestling Alliance, which was certainly a novel idea for its time. Uh, it was a cooperative idea between the two of them. And well, we'll let you guys talk about it. Where exactly did this idea come from? Was it a desire to use bootlegs? Was it a desire to use characters you were fond of or kind of both? Well, it started, um, we were trying to figure out before we went on the air where it kind of started, but the way I remember it is I had got a um, FMW tape. It was like a six hour best of, I think it was called um, Best of the F or something or the story of F. And um, it, so it just had all these clips. It was like a talk show with Antonio or not Antonio, no, Jesus Christ, Atsushi Onida on it. And um, sorry, I'm screwed up from all this eggnog I've been drinking. Um, and uh it had all these clips and, you know, there was like women's matches in barbed wire and Onita fighting. Uh, was it, was it Spinks? Leon Spinks? Oh yeah. Leon Spinks. Yeah. In a boxing, in a cage and Spinks had one glove on. Right. Or did he have two? Am I getting that amalgamated <laughs> with the first UFC? I'm, I, 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 I thought he had, I thought he had two, but that, that I could be wrong. No, you're that's right. gotta be the pinnacle of Leon's career. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that a would, steel cage boxing use. match. Yeah. <laughs> it just had all this crazy stuff. And I'm just like, well, it would be awesome to create a, you know, just a crazy fed full of malarkey like that. You know, and at the time I did have Steve's, all of his characters, Armageddon and Turbo and Vixen. I'm like, eh, I have a place to use these. And I knew um, it was, I'm fairly positive it was in the summer, probably right after that of the, that summer's Galacticon, because I knew um, Tom had had a contest for sudden death, where if you guess what the concept was, you won a free game, and I guessed it right. So I'm like, well, I'd have somewhere to park all these guys who are going to get booted out and stuff. And I was talking to Tim about it, and you know, just creating this you know crazy explosion fat. And it was before I'd ever seen any like Jamie B. Wilson stuff. I don't know if, if a lot of those guys who got in the deathmatch scene were even around then. They might have been like a year or two later. Um, and I don't know if it was that same call or like maybe a week later. So Tim's like, well, I got a guy for you to run it. And I'll let Tim take it from there. Well, yeah. And I, I had done in because in, I was sending out newsletters uh, of my Fed, like monthly or somewhat monthly newsletters. Um, to a variety of people and this is snail mail this is no email no none of that yet so i mean i was i was you know typing them up printing the copy taking it into into work and when nobody was looking at the copyright run off like 15 copies and then send them out to everybody and i was going to do this thing with magnus colby 
where he was going to try and lock down, like, cause there was some, some friction there. And I, I was trying to get him kind of more in the picture and I wanted him to buy out the, uh, the, the three, uh, most outermost, I guess, arenas in, in the, the solar system and, um, and kind of lock them down. And, and it was going to solely promote, uh, you know, those with GWF guys, but I wasn't planning on another fed. But then when Chad told me this idea, I kind of took my idea as well and said, well, look, why don't we kind of. Yeah. And I, um, I, Oh, you know what? I got the name from um, that Saturday Night Slam Masters video game because they had Combat Carnival was their show, and it said that in there. And it was it was called CWA, right? Maybe. Wow. I don't know. I can't Maybe. remember. That's but I, that's where I got the combat part from it. Sure. Okay. Just kind of like frontier martial arts from FMW. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's how we we kind of put it together, and then um, Tim really did a great job of laying out the groundwork in his newsletters about what was happening but it was not like hey the CWA's coming it was very right i, I just i just had it that i i did like a like an anagram for his name and said that hey this this guzman group bought the shower on ice castle on pluto um and and just made an announcement in the thing like oh you know hey there's this thing going on um and then you know month after month or newsletter after newsletter, I kind of filled a little bit more of the story in and then eventually revealed the whole plot by Magnus Colby. And um, so, yeah, so we did the CPC before, way before Tom did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought it was just a great idea. And, and it was really after that, I mean, Chad's really the one that kind of thought everything up and, and ran the shows and set everything up. I thought he did a great job coming up with, you know, different things to do with the titles um just a lot of different things i thought were really cool one of the things that i thought was really cool is that you know you 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 guys started playing the fed but even then you had a little back history to it kind of how the gwf before the first actual 2087 set had a story to it um you know kind of give promoters a little bit of background what was that what was the back history of the cwa so i had written up and and it this is before pow even though it kind of sounds a little similar to how what was listed in Genesis with Jack Hood, but this, this came first. Um, and I, I just wrote that there was like a, this really violent wrestling organization. Um, and uh, there's a promoter from Orion who, um, you know, took it around and it, it would go into um, like small arenas or it didn't promote in this solar system because GWF had all the, the arenas here locked up. So it went everywhere else. And um, Master Shogun, who was the, at the time the manager of uh, Suyoi Nakuma, the Jade Dynasty, was like the first champion. So I kind of wrote this history up about how some of Steve's bootleg guys were originally involved in the CWA to uh, give it, uh, um, you know, give it a bit of a history. And, um, you know, later he held the, the Cosmos tag title, the CWA tag belts with Akuma the Ninja as his partner. And um, really the GWF was kind of like the WWF at that time where it ignored other people. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not the fan base we want. And then Master Shogun issued a challenge to meet Omega in a title versus title match. And, um, you know, Santu Debrini, uh, said no we're not going to do this because you had this riot at a match where uh, people started throwing all these beer bottles and 
it said the enraged fans who had a there was a double DQ between Shogun and, and this guy made up named Crippler Ragnar. Um and they started throwing all these beer bottles and said resulted in 183 injuries and five deaths, and the venue was what? destroyed. <laughs> Were there any babies thrown as part oh of this? Oh my god, no, you do not throw babies in beer bottles. You do not make I didn't know about baby throwing at this time. Who knows what phenomenon? Yeah, who knows how that would change my life. Um, and then I said they got a TV contract in like 2083, and it was only on for four weeks, and then it was so violent it couldn't be on TV. It was like too hot for TV. Um and uh yeah, so just kind of wove it in there, and then you know, at that time, um Janus had come into the GWF and it said he was champion of another federation. So I said, well, he was the CWA Grand Prix champion. That was their main title. Because I always like the IWGP title and I liked using t- names for titles that were different, not just Galaxian and Interplay. You know, GWF had those title names. So I want different names for my titles and not just, uh, you know, the CWA Galaxian. Um, so I said, when Janus jumped to the GWF, that belt he was carrying was the CWA title. You know, so um, I kind of, and I'd said the CWA had been on a tour of Dimension X, and that's how Janus, you know, kind of jumped on board then. So then, yeah, so then Tim started, you know, writing these things, and it looks like it was August 15th, 2092, that uh, Rogan Scourge announced they were leaving Tim's bed to heel promotions. They're still wrestling in my league, so, you know, not that much uh, thought, but that it said that they also accepted a contract with the CWA and they're the first CWA wrestlers to receive a guaranteed contract, but you still didn't know what the CWA was because we hadn't explained the backstory yet. So this is just like little hints being dropped in there. And then, uh, then the whole thing about the Guzman management group, uh, purchasing the Sharon ice castle, and then later the uh, Triton pavilion and the Narod starplex. So they have the, the arenas, the three arenas on the far outermost planets of the solar system. Um, and then you had the Guzman Vice President of Operations, Deanna Seaver. That Tim made that one up. So then what's her Miss Seaver's D. name? D. Seaver. D. Seaver. Ah, uh, see. Nice. Very yep. clever. Yep. So then they got there for a GWF show in December, and the, the doors were chained shut, and they uh, would not allow GWF to promote there anymore in any of the Guzman Group's uh, properties. So at the end of uh, 2092, following the year-end Supercards and both of our promotions, Magnus Colby called a press conference. He announced that he was the Guzman with Magnus being, the Guzman being uh, an anagram for Magnus, like Tim said. Um, He was frustrated by the rules and regulations of the GWF and wanted to get revenge on the GWF and put it out of business. So Colby bought the CWA. He brought the uh, Keepers of the Storm Stone or Stormtroopers of Death, as I called them in my promotion. And he purchased some more contracts. He gave some contracts to the wrestler. And by this time, um, so I'm a, I'm a little off in my timing because this was 30 some years ago. So sudden death had happened. And how was that? At the end of Sudden Death, okay, so yeah, then it was Revelations and Classics 2079 came out at the same time, right? Mm-hmm, so people correct. were, okay, yeah. So no, I got it right there. So people were banished from Sudden Death. Plus you have these guys in the Classics. I'm like, well, some of these guys are cool. And it's not like I used Omega or Thantos. 
But I'm like, the historians are made out of rock. Who knows how, how long they could wrestle? So I brought them in. I brought Mangus initially, and I think that was it because it was all, yeah, I didn't bring, you know, I never used Morpheus Omega, any of the, the real proper guys. We'll get in a little bit to one other guy from that classic set that we did use and was amazing. Um, but then I brought in, you know, Armageddon, a lot of the Minskoff guys. So I think to start off, I had 15 guys on my roster. And, you know, Colby's ready to go. And and that's kind of where, where the story picks up. Now, to just point of clarification, Chad, you said like 2092. If I remember correctly, you and Tim and I kind oh, of did yeah. this too. This was, you know, you weren't going by the set, the canon set years. You were kind of doing like 100 years into the future, correct? Right, because that's what everybody yeah. did starting out. And then when right. we started doing two years, right. two, two editions a year. Yep. That's when our stuff got, yeah. So I was in, it would have been in 2096, mm-hmm. which came out in December of 1992. Correct. Okay. So, yep. so yeah, when I say the CWA started on January 1st of 2093, it was actually 1993. Yep. Classics 2079 and Revolution 2096 had just come out. Yep. Okay. Just, yep. to, good, just good for promoters. Point. No, yep. I appreciate that. Yeah. Corey. Yep. I forget these things. So, Chad, you mentioned a little bit of who was on the roster, but let's expand upon that. Like, who were some of the names on the roster, both official and non-official? Yeah, so it was, um, let's see, starting off, we had Armageddon. So, like, the the Minskoff guys involved were Armageddon, Akuma and Suyoi, the Jade Dynasty, uh, Turbo, uh, Purgatory, who was Armageddon's manager, but also a a top-flight wrestler in his own own, uh, uh, doing. And then Vixen, who was a, a manager for Turbo, who she didn't have any stats or anything. Um, but, you know, maybe someday if we colorize her, we could probably give her an interference chart because I kind of made her. I saw her as like a Medusa. Yeah. Versus a Missy Hyatt, where she would get involved in there. Agreed. and She was she was like the bodyguard and she was actually she was with Vanity as well, which gave him an edge because, you know, he had. Instead of the sweet thing, he had more of a, you know, I, I, I don't, she wasn't to the degree of like a China, but like, just like a Medusa, somebody who pretty could also throw a good karate kit, you know? Um, and then from uh, the, the sudden death banishments, I had Vanity. Um, I had uh, Count Necros and Death Mask, who both got banished, and I, I reunited them. Um, or I guess they probably, they were never on the same team together, but they were, had that royal court uh, heritage. I brought them together since they're both kind of death guys as rest in peace. Um, and then who else? Oh, Mayhem. Mayhem was the huge signing. You know, um, I didn't have Massive. You know, Massive was banished as a re- he retired as a result of sudden death, his team losing. But, you know, I'm like, nah, Massive's a GWF stalwart, which kind of paid off when he became commissioner later. Um, I think. Uh, then, the, like I said, the Historians and Magnus. Magnus oh, and Kendron got banished too so tendron and mangus teamed up as like a galactic rebels alien core type and it was actually since so it was tendon to the destroyer and then mangus destroyer of humans they were the super destroyers nice yep and i think chad one thing you did differently and maybe i my history's off um you had um psycho and frenzy they lost in your sudden death to the the uh meteor storm right wasn't that how that worked? Because didn't those guys end up in the CWA? Or at least one of them did? Frenzy? Fre- Frenzy did. Frenzy yeah. came in, but not right away. Okay. okay. So I, I might have 
said that like oh these were the official votes from all promotion yeah i, I kind of will but yeah meteor storm did kick the shit out of asylum for some weird reason yeah okay but okay. um or maybe not not weird they're just not very good yeah okay um so you know what with the starting off from when you and tim were playing and in, in game year 2093 or 1993 um who were the initial champions talk about the championships and and who sure. came out the champs how'd you determine champs yeah, so for the on the first show at the Sharon Ice Castle on on January first, twenty ninety three, um, I had I decided to have a junior heavyweight title. So uh, Cantalis um, beat Akuma to become the first champion. Um, with the tag belts, I kind of did a thing where whoever won the match, I didn't want it to be like all the titles were vacant, so. I, I was going to say that whoever won the match had basically been the tag champs because this wasn't like it was a brand new fed. It was just new to the, to the solar system. So Armageddon beat Rogan scourge. So basically Armageddon had been the tag belt champs for a while, you know, maybe someday we'll figure out when that was. Um, and then I did have a tournament with everybody uh, for the grand prix championship. And I, as I was going, like initially, as I recalled, the Cosmos tag belts were always defended in two out of three ta falls tag matches, but that wasn't the case for the first year or so. So maybe when later, you know, when we revisit the CWA sometime, we'll figure out when that happened. Um, and then the Grand Prix Championship was mostly defended in in hardcore type, so it was like a special matches title. But there's also a few times where it's not. But I had different rules in the CWA for DQs. Um, instead of rolling twice for DQ, you had to get DQ'd three times. Not necessarily in a roll. I kept tacking DQs like I did fatigue. So if you did something heinous enough where you had to roll your DQ, if you got DQ'd, then you got a then you got a token for a DQ. So it was kind of like um, I remember Mike telling me about how Stampede had a card system. So it was right, kind of yellow, like yellow card, red card. Yeah, yeah, yeah real, real red. I don't know what's after that, black or whatever. But um, chartreuse, chartreuse. Um, so mostly the Grand Prix title was defended, but you still you could get DQ'd in the CWA. It was possible. And then I found one show, and the results were there was a freaking butt ton of countouts. And, ugh. I was gonna say, you know, you have Chad always used to to read my results or see. My my results or i'd tell him he said you got a lot of count outs in your fed and i saw that match and i saw that show results and i was like hey man he's got a lot of count outs in this yeah fed. there's like seven or eight matches i think there's three count outs so but in that first first uh, eight-man tournament we had uh Sioi beaten mangus with the cobra Sting, terrible beaten death mass by T dq uh purgatory beating tendron with the crucifix he used that crucifix a lot uh in, in some of the results and then mayhem beat parsec from the historians um, and then the semifinals, Turbo beat Suyoi, and then Mayhem beat Purgatory, and then the finals, Mayhem beat Turbo um, with the Danger Zone, not the Leap of Doom, to uh, become the initial Grand Prix champion. So I, I thought it was kind of good. You know, Mayhem gets booted. He's kind of like the, the loser, the shame of the gladiators, and he comes back and, and wins this title in, in, you know, this crazy fed. Well, that's this all led, uh, at least in these early years, to a Big gold supercard that was actually featured at Galacticon. This is a GWF CWA supercard that, as I hear it, and I was not I was not there personally for it, and I have always regretted it to this day that I wasn't. 
Uh, but that was before I was playing the game. So in my defense, I didn't even know about the game. Um, so anyway. Um, <laughs> no, was, I'm very excused now. <laughs> uh, there was a standing room only uh, GWF CWA Supercard promoted by one Chad Olson and Tim Dalton that was held at Galacticon that has become since uh, somewhat legendary, uh, certainly in the telling among these four. Uh, give me some details. At on least that. us, yeah. At least us. It's a legend. Legend to us. Uh, give me some details on how that came about and give us a story. Yeah. So, nah, I'm joking when I say standing room only. I mean, there was like four people watching, but it was kind of fun because four people were watching us play the show out, and people were into the match. And I can't feel the they results were. right now. Oh wait, is it's in the fucking? Pack. It's in their PDF, oh. isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, folks. I'm I'm drunk off Naga. So it happens. Yeah. So we did we did just kind of some dream matches between GWF and CWA guys. Um, so let's we had Wildcat beat Homicide, which was another Steve Minskoff guy. Tex Remington, created by Paul Barnes, beat Ursa Major with the Lauren Star Lariat. Um, so by so by this time, so we didn't do one in 2093, did we? we didn't. No, no, it was 2094. No. Yeah. Um, so then in 2094, so jumping ahead a little bit, then we did. Um, so by this time, another classic set had come out. So we had a, a couple um, Sin and Salvation were in there. So Salvation at that time then was the CWA. And I changed the title from Junior Heavyweight to Cruiserweight. I remember reading about the uh, the proposed WCW Cruiserweight title. And this was a long time before that thing ever got off the ground. So I changed my junior heavyweight title to that, and he beat El Pantera Negro. Um, and then uh, I did bring in Mighty Grogan um, as as just himself. Some of the Sin and Salvation, some of those guys. I'm like, yeah, I'll bring them in. They're you know again, they're all they're aliens. And you know when you get to the CPC storyline, that kind of paid off as well because Mighty Grogan ended up being their commissioner. Uh-huh. So Grogan and Justice beat Parsec and Tantalus. Um, in a Titan death match, we had Sin and Salvation, so we booked him twice. I just noticed that. Salvation had to work He was twice. very popular. I hope we had to pay him. Well, he was the champ, and then we wanted to do this kind of odd couple GWF team with Pulsar Prime and the Sheik. And uh, Sin used his knuckle sandwich on the Sheik for the pin. Uh, Colossus beat Purgatory at the Sleeper. Um, so Khan and Mitsuku defeated Demon and Hydra in a Lumberjack match, and they actually had a feud, if you recall, you know, the Demons of Hydra were supposed to be Khan and Mitsuko going through um, uh, the Collector's thing and then into the Assassins. And then it came out that they saw Khan walking around on Earth, you know, and it was on the cover of a GWF promoter and it promoter, wasn't. Him. Yeah. So then they got suspended and they did they did that unmasked Demon and Hydra. And I made cards, I made photocopies of that and then used the blank cards and, and statted them out in the back. So you had unmasked ones. So um, Demon and Hydra were suspended five cards for that. So I brought him to the CWA and they had this feud with Khan and Mitsuko. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah. Um, you know, just like a little three or four card feud. Uh, Pegasus versus Turbo. That had actually started, I think. Yeah, because Pegasus came out in 2095. So they had a little strongman feud on the undercard of my GWF promotion before... Okay. Turbo went to the CWA. So there's a little bit of, you know, history there. So Pegasus beat Turbo in a hair versus hair match. So, oh, that was embarrassing for Turbo. Poor Turbo had a very uh, chaotic history in the CWA. <laughs> Talk about the rest later, maybe. 
Um, Mayhem defeated Fury in a barbed wire cage match. Whenever Fury left the GWF, he went straight to the CWA because in my league, Fury kicked the crap out of Mayhem in that sudden death feud. So it was uh that was a that was a big feud when they came back together in the CWA. And then in a two out of three falls non-title match, and I don't know, I don't remember who was champion or what there, but Carnage and Slaughterhouse beat Star Warrior and Phantos two falls to one. So Warrior got counted out because we had a lot of countouts in the Fed. Warrior pinned Slaughterhouse, Slaughterhouse with the end game, and then D- fall three. Warrior DQ'd for chair smashes. So he was going a little avenging warrior on folks. And no, no, no jobs by warrior and no. <laughs> and then in the battle for the actual Grand Prix title belt, and you know, Janus took the belt with them to the GWF. So basically, uh Colby said, We're gonna get that belt back. So the champion of the CWA never had a title belt, a physical title belt, until they tried to win it back from Janus. And in 2094, they didn't win it back from Janus. Janus beat the bounty hunter in a, in a Titan death match uh, with an airplane spin with four and a half stars. And um, that that's where we had a little crowd of people watching us and we'd explain we what it was. And they you know, through Tim's newsletter, they knew what kind of what the history was. So yeah, it wasn't people, you know, bouncing off the rafters, but it was folks having a good time and just kind of being interested in, in something. I thought it was funny because there, I, I think these were people that probably, if there were tournaments going on, these are people that kind of lost in the early rounds. And then all of a sudden that kind of became our audience and they kind of gathered around the table as we were playing. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Awesome. Well, so then at the end of this first game year, um, you had Thanksgiving thrashing as your uh, year end supercard in November. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, talk about that. And of course, no, this would have been before the GWF CWA supercard you just talked about. Right. Uh, but yeah, so, so, so kind of go give us some, some highlights of that, uh, supercard, some very interesting matchups here as I read the results. So on the card before Mangus and Tendron lost the, the title belts, and there must've been a little bit of a schmazola or something. So I decided to put them in a loser league town match and, uh, Mangus beat Tendron. So Tendron was bounced from the CWA. Um, uh, the tag titles, a story and beat rest in peace. And that was a two out of three falls. Uh, Necros was DQ'd for a pin save and then Tantals beat death mask. Um, cannibal must have been suspended from my GWF because he came over and fought splatter and splatter had been splatter left. Or was what wasn't he was he suspended for a lottery attack or something? Maybe because yeah. Splatter was like in my results a lot that year, so he must have got because he actually won the Grand Prix title for a while from Purgatory. Or he beat who did he beat? Oh, he beat Mayhem back on card nine, and then yeah. he dropped it to Akuma on card 13. Yeah, um, he beat him with Arsenal. Yeah. So then, and then this really, this really good match I had, I, it was called an eight man tag war. And it was kind of based on the all Japan where they'd have two teams of four guys each and they'd have tag matches until you couldn't make a tag team anymore. So it's kind of like a survivor series. And the, the, the fall where the teams consisted of carnage and purgatory against Khan and Mitsuko was five stars. They put three on Khan and three on Mitsuku, but Mitsuko already had five, so he was basically a slab of meat. Purgatory came in, got three, um, and, and then it was freaking crazy. They must have pinned Khan because the next fall was Khan and Purgatory beat Turbo and Mitsuko. 
So Carnage and Purgatory won that. And that was just a really, that was a freaking ridiculous match. And then this was the summer that the Draconian Sheet card came out. Um, oh, that's why we didn't have a combined supercard, Tim, because I didn't go to Galacticon this summer. That was the year, that was the year I missed Galacticon. That's right. Started missing all of them. Um, <laughs> but Dr- Vanity had been the, the junior heavyweight title, later renamed Cruiserweight. Uh, champion for most of the year he won it on card two from tantalis and vanity just you know with vixen in his corner but he just had this incredible title reign and started this feud with the draconian sheik and it was actually uh somewhat even and but in this in the cage match draconian sheik had had four on him but he, he pinned vanity to win the title and then the Grand Prix Championship was a, a Dragon Death Match where Akuma fought his his uh, partner Suyoi, and uh, Suyoi beat Akuma to win the title. And the main event was the infamous Widowmaker match, the barbed wire fire flaming. That's babies. a Chad Olson special. Yeah, that was my FMW inspired. That was my version of the Risk, or you know, any one of Jamie B. Wilson's matches, but they weren't as good as Jamie B. Wilson's. And Fury had five on him, Mayhem had eight, and Fury pinned Mayhem after bashing his head in with a beer bottle. And that brought to a close year one of the Combat Wrestling Alliance. But, you know, we did have some more cooperation too. Tim ran, um, I, I just, I'm like, hey, you want to run a couple shows? So he ran shows, what did we decide? 10 and 11, I think. 10 and 11, yeah. So I actually had the title change. I had uh, Tendron and Mangus. Uh, beating the historians yeah, uh, when Tendron pinned Tantalus with the smothering. And I was, I was really looking forward to using the historians because I just thought they were so cool. And then they wind up losing to Tendron and Mangus. I was like a little disappointed. Yeah. They kind of had but, an up and down year. Well, and they, they, they followed up though on the second, the second card I did card 11. Um, they actually in a barbed wire cage, they wound up beating the J dynasty too. So I right. mean, you know, they, they weren't just one, a one trick pony. So that was right. kind of nice. Right. So, yeah, it, it was just fun playing with these guys and just checking out and doing different combinations and using some of Minskoff's bootlegs, which weren't, which weren't so crazy overpowered. Um, and then, like I said, if somebody got suspended from the GWF, you know, because they didn't have exclusive contracts because they had no competition, they'd just go over the CWA and, and put in a little appearance. And kind but, of the cool thing, too, was I, I don't think there was necessarily... Other than the teams that were aligned, there weren't a lot of alliances or, or factions no, or anything no. like that. It was basically just everybody's going to be fighting everybody because they all want to get to the top. Yeah, I mean, the biggest faction was Armageddon and Purgatory as a three-man right. unit, you know. Um, I think at some point, whenever the Royal Overlord left or got banished or whatever, did he get banished in Sudden Death too, Corey? He would know this. I believe so. That does yeah. sound familiar. Yeah, I think so. He did. He he must have been the manager for rest in peace from the outset, but yeah, yeah, it was fun. It's fun to read about. It's fun to hear about. I love these. Uh, I, I keep calling it non-canon, but bootleg or uh, promoter-created federations, where your imagination can really run wild. Uh, and you know, promoters, as we post this episode, we'd love to hear from you on some of your early promotions. Love to see what you did. Uh, I'm sure there's a wealth of creativity that was happening out there there were certainly enough bootlegs floating around at this particular time to to make a bootleg federation of your own uh, and use some of these old characters for me i know that's why i play chrono style now is i can't let go of some of these characters i mean the, the, the older ones are just my favorites and i just i don't want them just collecting dust i want to use them so 
Um, I prefer to do this, and that's why this appealed to me. And I, the organization level of organization y'all put into this is pretty impressive. So kudos to you. And I, I think the card results are fantastic. Thank you. And I'll, I'll, sh I'll share them and, and share the history document. We'll, we'll put that in the, uh, the drive. Oh, I did want to mention. So my Google Drive is running out of room, but we have a, a Google Drive that's associated with the Uncharted Territory podcast. So I'm going to migrate some stuff over this fine Thanksgiving weekend. So I know everybody's going to be combing through the archives over the weekend and, and looking through this stuff and all the Club Galactica Super Reports. So if, if you lose access for about an hour or so, don't worry. I'll be back. I'll post the new links in the threads once we get all, all that done. There could have been rioting in the streets if you well, didn't might make be. that PSA. I mean, yeah. They might take down the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. They, I, I would. Blow the shit out of all those inflatables. <laughs> what would we do without Underdog? Oh, I, oh I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not where, entirely sure. Where is Underdog? <laughs> well, well done, gentlemen. I find that uh, highly entertaining. And again, love to hear from promoters on some of their old feds too, because uh, I think this is the... What the, what the game does best is inspire us to kind of do our own thing and be as creative as we can possibly be. So I enjoyed hearing about that and I hope you promoters did as well. But with that, it's time to go home. And I want to encourage each of us as we're doing our shout outs tonight to maybe just give a brief overview of your Thanksgiving plans uh, on the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday as we record this is two days away, at least in these United States of America. So We'd love to hear of your plans coming up as well as any shout outs you've got. So we'll start this off with Corey tonight. Corey, take it away. Thank you, Stu. Thank you for hosting. Thanks, Chad and Tim for uh, putting together the CWA history. This has been an episode we've kind of had as a potential topic for a while. I'm glad we could finally do it. I always loved what you guys did with that, the backstory and how you used the characters, both official and, and bootleg and and classics and just such a mix of guys and uh, just a really cool story. And uh, I look forward to us talking about the future years of the CWA down the line. Um, I'll talk about things even in a second, but I want to give some attention to our fellow Phil Singer Games content providers. Of course, Sam, Todd, and Mike over at Roll Up, the official podcast of Phil Singer Games, Grant Pachoco and the Solo Promoter YouTube channel. And thank you so much, Grant, for uh, sending in audio tonight and giving us some uh, some more details on the wonderful weekend at the River Rumble. Uh, Steve Tower at After Further Review, Dave Little at Heartland Championship Wrestling, Lee Longpre in the Dizzy Dice Podcast, Brock Atkinson at Brockster Builds, as well as Brock and Mike's Phil Singer Games Character Spotlight. Thank you all for putting out content on a regular basis. And uh, yeah, as far as the upcoming Thanksgiving holiday, by the time you hear this, uh, it'll be Thanksgiving and uh, hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. But uh, we are just kind of sticking around here with wrestling season just starting. Uh, we, we do have practices, even though we don't have school uh, Wednesday and Friday. So keep our wrestlers working hard over the Thanksgiving weekend. And uh, we'll just kind of keep it low key. We, uh, we do brine our turkey and then grill it on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, it is, I'm looking forward to doing that once again. I got a turkey from a local turkey farm down in Cannon Falls, south of the cities. Chad's been to Cannon Falls, held up a wrestling ring in, Chad, in Cannon Falls. I did hold up a wrestling he ring. Literally, literally, yes, yes. And so, um, but yeah, wonderful turkey, uh, wonderful farm. And uh, also, uh, my boys and I will be running in an 8K on uh, Thanksgiving morning down in Hastings, Minnesota, called the Gobblegate. We did it, uh, my oldest and I did it last year for the first time, and uh, 
our uh, my younger son is joining us as well for the first time so it should be a lot of fun it's a beautiful run they change up the route a little bit uh but hastings is a beautiful little town right on the mississippi river so just kind of I, i'm not a runner I, I actually hate running but i do you know enjoy the fact that i can start thanksgiving off with a with some time outside and then and then eat more throughout the day but uh looking forward to that the weather should be good um just just perfect weather for a run and yeah so i'm very 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 much looking forward to a couple of calm days so but thank you once again promoters for clicking listening and downloading and hope you all have a great holiday weekend thank you corey excellent chad so i would uh like to take the opportunity to thank everybody who commented on our last episode um let's see we have here throwing toasters grant Travis 605, Troy, Matt Dickendesher, MT Emperor, Scott the Flash Norton. And that is it. Thank you, everybody, for listening and taking time to comment. And for all our silent listeners, we love you too. Um, let's see, what else do I have? Um, oh, you know, I. Hey, Chad? Uh, yeah. Chad, did, did yeah. you ever consider changing your board name to Throwing Babies? No. That's a good I'm just idea. Throw, I'm, I'm just throwing that out I like there. that out. I think that's a good idea. Or maybe Grant and I could team up for a T-shirt through Pike Mojo and and uh, there you go. have a throwing toasters and throwing baby shirt <laughs> to promote Galactical and River Rumble, formerly known as River City Rumble, for a couple times. It's very unclear to me. It's really confusing. No, um, you know the thing I was going to talk about today. We'll talk about it next week. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Um, it's long and it's elaborate. Well, it, it can wait though. It's not very timely. Um, so what else? Uh, Thanksgiving is that what you want to know about, Stuart? So my mom and dad are coming over here. Uh, Connor, my oldest, is home from uh, Iowa City. He's been working remotely here this week. So he got to go with and see his little brother wrestle Monday night. So that was cool. Um, I'm going to probably, like, I'm, I'm going to brine the turkey tomorrow. But I think I'm just going to put in the electric roaster because, roaster because I am um, just lazy, you know. So we're going to watch, uh, have, have some good food. Maybe working, working a nap. I I will definitely be walking Thursday morning, extra extra long. I might do an hour and a half on Thursday morning, and then maybe take the little doggies for a walk. And then uh, Thursday night, hey, the Vikings are playing on. They're on one of the Thanksgiving games, so hopefully, they do better than that fucking shellacking on Sunday by the Cowboys. What the hell? That was rough. That was bad. That was bad. <laughs> yeah um yeah so it'll it'll be a good weekend and then uh you know i'm we're, we're not shoppers i might actually work on the ringside companion some this weekend we kind of i got we got to look over Stu's book for this so but i think we'll get some wrestling work time in there too and i'll do some other work and then uh saturday night the final farewell at forte the last uh the forte center in des moines is changing hands so this will be the last show, pro wrestling show, run in Forte under current management. But I can't imagine new management would want pro wrestling because that's just a hard sell. So we're going to have, we're pulling out of the stops, Malice versus Ugly, a huge uh, former feud. James Jeffries will defend the title against Jackson King, the snotty, snotty, snot bag. Uh, lots of great matches, and um, it's going to be fun. One one last time to reunite at Forte. Uh, Troy's been having people share memories, and and it's been kind of hard for me because um, you know my first memories of Forte are going there with Connor and taking him to shows, and um, 
never did I think I would become the ring announcer at Forte. So it's been been pretty cool. But I, I guess I can share with you, and I think I've mentioned this before, but one of my favorite memories of Forte is um, Adam Pierce defending the NWA world title against Jeremy Wyatt, who was the Central States champion. And actually, he never wore the Central States belt in 3XW, but for this match, he did. And I did get goosebumps seeing those two titles in the ring, even though it wasn't like it was 25 years prior when the NWA belt was still defended there. It was it was pretty freaking cool. And they did the dusting finish. And, you know, Jeremy Wyatt won the belt. And I think it was Eric, it was either Eric Kanishi or, or Brian Vanderwell leaned over and said, he didn't really win the belt, did he? I go, no. <laughs> Not to read on your parade, but it was still a freaking awesome match. And that's why having that color Adam Pierce now, and now we have Jeremy White. It's just even, even more cool. So if you're anywhere in the area, come check us out. We're going to have a good time. I just want to say that that Wyatt and Pierce match, I've seen the video of that. And I think, uh, I think you see Eric kind of jump up and down when it looks like Wyatt has won the NWA belt. So um, just... Yeah, we were front row regulars. I mean, yeah, is it, yeah. Is it out there on video? Is it YouTube or it, it you used find to it? Be. I mean, that up. I have it on DVD. If mm-hmm. You can't find it. I'll try and find it because I mean, yeah. those are two independent wrestling icons. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd love to check that out. Probably worked a darn good match. Thank you, Chad. Tim. Well, Stu, uh, for Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm on my own here, but I will be brining my turkey tomorrow night. I have a turkey breast. Uh, and then uh, uh, just uh, I've, I've become a big fan of the brine. I, I think it really does make a difference uh, that I've found over the years. Um, and then just kind of chowing down on uh, on the holiday and, uh, and and taking it easy like I always do. Every day is a holiday when you're retired, man. Um you know, I, I just want to say, though, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for this podcast and for for you guys um, really enjoy your company and doing this every week. Um, I'm also thankful that we don't have to live off the commissions from the T-shirt sales, uh, because if we did, we would uh, we, we'd all be living in a refrigerator box underneath a bridge. Um, you know what we need? We need what? a star like a star athlete to really come in and endorse the, the product line, wear our gear and promote the brand. I'm thinking like somebody at the top of their sport, like maybe like uh, LeBron James or, or Carter Olson. Uh, I think one of those two, if we could get one of those two wearing our gear, I think that would mean something because, you know, these things make wonderful holiday gifts. And since we're dropping this on Black Friday, my God, it's the perfect op- opportunity for you to go get some. And all you got to do is go to tkostore.com. It's T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. It's simple. Anybody can do it. I can do it. for. I did it for God's sakes to buy my shirts. So if I can do it for God's sakes, anybody can. Uh, so there you go. Get your t-shirts for crying out loud. Make me rich somehow. Uh, cause God knows the market's not doing it. Um, other than that, I would just like to, uh, you know, thank everyone again for listening. Uh, have, have a great holiday for those of you in the U S uh, be cool. And we'll be back next week with episode 110. Stuart, can I, can I say something here? You sure may. On the, on the, on the topic, I am, I'm sorry. I didn't talk about what I was thankful for. Um, today I took Carter to the doctor just for a, a little checkup, nothing, nothing bad. And, um, I'm just so thankful for the health of my kids. Um, because I saw in the, um, in the waiting room, there was two little boy, girl twins. They're probably about eight months old or so. And they had those little 
you know the the helmets they have when kids don't always form their skulls correctly or whatever they're not um both of them had had that on there and having boy girl twins that really kind of struck with me how blessed i am to have kids are healthy and those kids will be okay you know they just wear those helmets for a while they'll be fine but um i'm just happy uh and very thankful and blessed for the health of my kids and the health of uh, my family and uh i think that's something if you're blessed enough to have that we should all be thankful for that very well said chad very well said we should never take that for granted um and speaking of family, well, we had grand plans to be with my wife's family uh, this year for Thanksgiving, and then we all got sick. So <laughs> that will not be occurring. But, you know, life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. So I will be able to run in our neighborhood turkey trot because we were originally planning on being out of town. And then on uh, Saturday, one of our traditions is either the day, typically the day after this year, we're going to do it on Saturday, we will be gathering with family to uh, saw down, chop down, whatever you want to call our Christmas tree, because one of our neighbors owns a Christmas tree farm nearby, and we're going to be doing that. And our food this year will be courtesy of Barbecue Exchange, that if you were ever going through Orange, Virginia, you should check it out. It is barbecue like, uh, oh my gosh, it's like you've never had it before. It just, it is so good. If you like barbecue, this is one of the places to visit once in your life. It's this little mecca for barbecue uh, lovers right in the middle of rural Virginia. And I just cannot recommend it enough. And they do Thanksgiving meals. So oh. it works out beautifully for us. No cooking, no, no muss, no fuss. I am loving it. Um, so those are our plans. And, you know, again, uh, it is Thanksgiving is what you make of it. So there's one to grow on. And uh, I want to give a shout out to Denmark, who played in a World Cup match today. They tied, so they got eight points. So, hey, that's better than losing. You get nothing. So um, they got a point, and I'm, I'm hoping for great things out of the Danes this year. We, we shall see. Uh, uh, certainly, certainly pulling for the U.S., but if Denmark can go far, that'd be pretty cool. Speaking of Denmark, I'd like to uh, tell them good night. And while you don't celebrate, and you don't celebrate Thanksgiving in Denmark, so I'm really sorry for that. It's a great holiday. It's the meal of the year. And uh, thank you all promoters for listening to us. Thank you for all our loyal listeners in general. Thank you for trying us out the first time. Corey, we haven't had a new country in quite some time, have we? Well, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I'll, I didn't get a chance to check our anchor stats tonight, but I'll, I'll check after this show. And if we have any new countries, I'll update you on episode 110. Great. We'll look forward to that. And uh, happiest of holidays to all promoters, as you'll probably be listening to this after Thanksgiving. Hope it was a great Thanksgiving. And we will see you next week with another edition of Uncharted Territory. Take care. Hey, promoters, it's Corey again, and we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topic suggestions, or any other comments, and we might include your audio in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. Again, tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. You can click the message button and record up to a one-minute message, and we can include that in a future episode. Or you can email us either audio or a written question at our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Thank you.
Want to show your friends that you listen to Uncharted Territory? Well, head on over to our store at tkostore.com slash collection slash uncharted hyphen territory. You can choose from a shirt or hoodie with Travis Heckle's great podcast cover artwork or a shirt with a design inspired by one of our favorite bands. While there, check out the other great merchandise at TKO, including shirts of several of the top MMA fighters, including Bigfoot Silva, Tim Sylvia, Ensign Inouye, and more. Need a shirt made for your event or organization? Contact TKO, run by Filsinger Games promoter Justin Bulka, aka Pike Mojo, to place your order. Again, that's TKOstore.com, T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. Corey, do you want me to pause the recording? We'll get some uh, some Easter eggnogs, excuse me, Easter eggs out of this. So just keep going. Okay, okay. You guys keep chatting. Yeah, we'll talk about you. <laughs>